0: Paranormal Perception is part of the Audio Geekdom Podcast Network. Paranormal Perception is a full-bodied apparition summoned by... 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. Taking a look at the unseen world around us. unheard whispers. I see you. Restless souls. Ooh. Strange creatures. I'm watching you. We'll explore these topics and more. <laughs> Not for answers. It is called the unknown for a reason. End of this episode, you'll have a new perception on the paranormal. I'm watching. You. Paranormal Perception with
1: Henry San Miguel. That's me. I'm Henry. Welcome to Paranormal Perception. And last week's episode really, really struck a nerve with you guys. I mean, I mean, Mark Stavish's book really—it was an eye opener. Like I said, it, it, when I read it, it. it I didn't know what an egregore was, and now that he explained it, that, I've been reading the book. It, it for you guys, I got the emails. It's very eye opening and, and scary how it's all around us, and it seems like there's nothing we can do about it. So on this week's episode, we're gonna go back to, to normal. I guess is is the way to put it. Whatever normal is around here in paranormal perception, and that is we we've, we've talked to a lot of paranormal researchers, investigators. We've talked to some of the some of the people that do it on television, some of the paranormal reality TV shows. Our own paranormal consultant, Doug Carnahan, he's talked about how do you go... We've done Ghost Hunting 101. This time around, I want to talk a little bit about what do you do with any and all evidence that you may get at these investigations. I mean, it's cool. I want to put it up on YouTube or whatever you want to do. But if you're really taking this seriously, what should you do with that evidence? Well, there's a book out there that talks about just that. It's written by Robin Strom. She's an author. And also a paranormal researcher and investigator. She's also the founder and director of Delaware Paranormal Research Group. The latest book is called On the Hunt for the Haunted. Searching for proof of the paranormal. It's available right now in bookstores, online. I'll have a link uh, on the show description, wherever you can get it. But let's welcome her to the show now. Robin, welcome to Paranormal Perception.
2: Well, hi. Thank
1: you for having me. thank you for coming on. So, so like I said, I'm I'm a, we'll talk a little bit about how you got into this, how you got started with the paranormal as we go on. But let's start with like I said, we I over, over the years that we've been doing I've been doing paranormal perception. I've talked to a lot of different people. We did a series in fact on ghost hunting 101. So, they know the listeners, they know how to do it, how to get started, what equipment. But with you, I want to start with once you've done the investigation, whether one day or one week or however long you've been there, and you actually captured something, what do you do with that with that evidence that's gathered on an investigation?
2: Well, um, we take all the footage that we have um, and comb it very carefully. Um, every minute of every video and every minute of every audio. Um, and then we um, anything that we capture that we can't really explain we'll kind of um kind of conference on it you know uh, try to try to figure out a, a rational explanation for it possibly um sometimes it involves going back to the place to see if we can recreate it because if we can recreate it then obviously it's not paranormal um and then we very carefully once we've combed through all of it um we present it to you know anything that we can't explain or anything we can't explain. Actually, uh, we present it to the homeowner or the property owner.
1: Yeah, and, and that honestly, when 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 I was reading your book uh, on the hunt for the haunted, that's actually what really impressed me. Is that I mean I haven't I've I've done some investigations and we didn't take a we, we didn't record a lot of footage, video footage, audio footage, but what we did you know because of the limited time we have for the shows and everything, we we don't comb through every single thing but with you like like you just mentioned right now if you're there for a week, two days, three days and and you're constantly recording uh that really impressed me the fact that you or one of the team members sits there and watches every single bit of footage in real time. You don't fast forward through anything, do you?
2: No, it's and it's it takes up so many hours. It's it's a Amazing how much time we spend combing through this stuff, but it's when you least expect it that something is going to happen. So um, you know, i I found that to be true so many times. I think a lot of paranormal investigators think that they have to be actively engaged in investigating for something to happen, and that's not true. I mean, you can set up equipment and leave the leave the space entirely and get just as much stuff, you know, just as much evidence. And it's better evidence, actually, because it's uncontaminated. It's not, you know, one of the investigators happening to whisper something to someone else or humming under their breath, you know. Um, When you capture something in an otherwise empty space or an otherwise empty building, it builds credibility that there is actually something paranormal going on. So yes, we, we comb every, every second of of our recordings. So, so if we, um, for example, if we run four cameras for four hours, that's 16 hours of footage that we have to go through. And the same with the audio, we, we always run multiple audio recorders. And so, you know, 16 times 16, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, and honestly, this is why I love your book, uh, On the Hunt for the Haunted, because this this, this book, and, and like, like I mentioned, I've, I've had paranormal researchers and investigators on the show before. So I've talked to them, and I've met them at, at uh, different com- paranormal conventions that I go to, and I've heard their experiences. But your book is one of the first ones that I've read that actually, I'll say, ca- captures the what it's really like being on an investigation, and especially the first one. I'm not going to give away too much because we do want people to go out and get the book. But the very first investigation, uh, I love how you put that. You 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 didn't even expect this or, or think about this, where the location has all wooden floors, and like you mentioned, the contaminated Uh-oh. evidence. The, and you took a big team because you figured, hey, it's a big location, so I'm going to need a big team. But that actually hindered the, the uh, evidence <laughs> a little bit. So that oh, it okay. did. Yeah, that that touch there <laughs> in the book makes your book different and i would i would even say better than the other ones that are out there where it's just we went there we saw this and we captured this it doesn't really tell you what goes on there that's what makes your book uh to me a lot more personable That you actually it's like you're going on the investigation with you and the team
2: okay very good
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. And, and, and you mentioned this in, in the book uh, a few times, even though someone on your team, they say they have the gift, we'll call it. But why, why do you not use psychics or mediums in, in, in the investigations that you do?
2: That's a very good question. It's a, a prickly question. Um, <laughs> it's been a yeah. prickly question for ever since I got into this uh, field. Um, we did uh, try using um people that consider themselves sensitive um and it just kind of blew up in our faces (laughs) (laughs) they um they approach it from a very different point of view they want to walk into a a space and declare their feelings about the space and then walk off and be done (laughs)
1: yeah
2: (laughs) Uh, they don't they don't want to get down in the trenches with us and go through the evidence and my feeling has always been okay you walked into the space. You gave us your impressions of it. Now, if the evidence supports your impressions, then we've got something. But if the evidence does not support your impressions, then I have to throw your impressions out because I'm looking for solid evidence, not not touchy feely, yeah, you know, uh, impressions. So, um, yeah. So we ended up, um, and they also the the psychics, but uh, you know tried to work with they don't like to be tested they they want to walk into a space and you know declare what they feel and um and not be questioned about it you know they get very prickly when you ask for some sort of credentials and um i just i'm i'm a more skeptical person and i want i want solid evidence and i want you know, if you if you're going if you're telling me you're psychic or sensitive, then I should be able to test that and um, and see if it's true or not. And they they don't typically like to hear that. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, but you know what, Robin, I'm I'm with you though because I um, mean you know, I I'm not a I'm not an investigator by trade, but I've done a few investigations you know, with the show and then just on our own and and some other productions that we've done so i've done some investigations and we've brought on some psychics uh on some of them Uh, i'll tell you the truth i'm i'm with you on on the psychics and i know some uh, we have psychics and mediums there among our friends so i'm not talking about you guys um because the ones that i do trust they have they've blown me away quite honestly And and it is a personal thing because a few of them a couple of them came to my house and I didn't tell them anything about my background or anything, but when they started telling me things about that, I had that nobody would know unless you were part of the family. Those are the ones that I, I know they're for real. I didn't tell them anything. They didn't know anybody that knew me. So that them I do believe, but then there are the other ones and, and I'm sure you've run into a few of these and people listening have also that you can tell right away that they're not the real deal when, they start fishing for information. Well, I I see I see a number, I see a name with an A, B, and they go through the whole alphabet. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's you, you really don't have a gift if you if you go through it that way. So, so yeah, it is a when, when you're an investigator, it is a slippery slope when because I mean, I'll put the I guess the blame is the word I'll use on the uh, on the paranormal reality shows where uh, I see this trend where you have the team that's investigating that they have to bring in a medium or a psychic. And it's like you said, Robin, it, they come in, well, I feel this or I feel that, or this happened here or this happened there. And they're not going to show They might edit out, but I know some of them have told me sometimes the owner says, um, no, we're the original owners. Nothing ever like like that ever happened. But they, and like you said, they hate being challenged. So uh, th- yeah. there there's that also. So uh, that's why I was, um, I like the fact, and like you said, in your book, that, you guys don't bring in the psychic to confirm your evidence. Um, but yeah, it, it can, it can be, can get a little prickly, like you said, when, cause they, the mediums, the psychics, they don't like, they don't like being challenged for some reason.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it's an ego thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and anything that threatens their ego, not, not that I dislike sensitives and psychics. I just, you know, I just, as I say, I, I find it that. Our styles are different.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess calling them sensitive is very ap- apropos, I guess. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> sensitive in more ways than one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so, again, so somebody who's wondering, well, then you don't use psychics, mediums. So t- talk about the tools that you and your team do use when you go on investigations.
2: Well, we use uh, basically a lot of um, video equipment. We have cameras in um, the IR spectrum. We have full spectrum cameras. Um, we have a thermal camera, um, so we we try to cover the you know the full spectrum of light. Um, we have audio recorders. Um, we have um, data loggers, which log um, a lot of different. Um, environmental factors, uh, including barometric pressure and temperature and EMF, of course, and uh, vibration. Um, So we take a lot of different readings. And so if something happens that we consider to be paranormal, we can go back to the data loggers and see what was going on in the environment at that time. Um, REM pods, we use REM pods, which will indicate when something is it, you know, comes within the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just doing, we just did an investigation with a REM pod, which was really, really unique because the REM pod was, was going off almost constantly. And the team actually spent the night there and they said that they couldn't get any sleep because every time they'd go to sleep, the REM pod would, the alarm would go off again. It was, it just, it was a wild ride, I guess, for the, for the team, but so, um, so that's the type of equipment we use. And as I say, when when we get something that's solid, that I can go to the homeowner with or the building owner with and say, you know, here is what we captured.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, again, like you described in the book, I, I like the fact that you go in there. Not like most. I mean, the the good thing is you're not doing this for because you want a TV show or you want the fame or anything. You're you're going in there to actually help the client, the family, or whoever uh, has you guys have to do the investigation so those are the tools that you use i mean and this is this isn't the fir- the first book that you write on the Paranormal but w- what made you want to write uh, on the hunt for the haunted and include the stories that you included
2: well actually uh, my publisher Llewellyn was the one that suggested that I write it so um they said they said they really wanted something about you know something about the stories and less about, you know, what is the paranormal. So, so I put it, put it together for them actually, but it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a lot of fun digging through my old investigations and, um, for a a few of them, I had to literally go back out and, um, re-interview homeowners and, um, take pictures and, you know, kind of recreate the wheel because it had been so long, but so it was a lot of, it was a lot of footwork, but it was fun, you know, fun reconnecting with my clients and.
1: Yeah, well, the publisher was was correct. I mean, like like I said, this is, uh, and I I read a lot of books and hear a lot of interviews, and this, but this book really, really is personable. It's not, it's not, it's not just black and white. Like I said, we went there, we we turned off the lights, blah, blah blah. You know, everything that you go through. This was very personable and very detailed as far as what the clients were experiencing during the investigation, with how they felt before and after the investigation, what you and the team were going through. It's not just like I said, black and white. We're here. We have our black T-shirts. We have the REM pods with this and that. <laughs> so it, it it really gives people that haven't done one, it really gives you, uh, I'll say, a bird's-eye view, a fly-on-the-wall view of, of what an investigation actually is like. So uh, the publishers, they were right on and asking you to, to do On the Hunt for the Haunted.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sure everybody is. And I, and again, if, if you're saying, "Well, I, I want to read it," well, you can. It's on the show description. The link is on there. Go go ahead and get it. Whether you read it on Kindle or you want the actual book, it's in bookstores. It's online. You can get it on there. Uh, now we talked about it a, a little bit. We mentioned it a few times, but for you, um, whether you watch them on a regular basis or not, but I know you know that they're out there. The paranormal reality shows. How did how do you see those? Do you see them as Helping the paranormal community or hurting them?
2: Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> it's a prickly topic. Uh, I was just home um, watching cable with my mom uh, last week, and I was catching up on all the all the new shows. And they're just every time you turn around, there's three more new shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, and uh, they're <sighs> while they're raising the awareness of the paranormal, I I think in a lot of ways they're, um, they're really damaging the field because I think they're taking away credibility for teams that actually try to take a very careful and scientific, um, approach to research, um, by, you know, by just being their results to the to the point where you know a couple of years ago demons must have been all the fad because everyone <laughs> you know all my clients are calling up and saying oh, I have something going on in my home it's I demonic. think it's demonic yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I kept hearing that over and over and over and over again you know and I kept telling them I've been doing this for 12 years now and I've never yet run across something that I felt was truly demonic you know some some of them are not so nice <laughs> You know, others are, but uh, nothing that you know would make me <laughs> run for the for the priest. Yeah. So, you know, and and just this year it, it was portals. <laughs> mm. It was whatever the fad is on television. Is that's the calls I get. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard that from other paranormal investigators also. That that yeah, and that it's very rare that you find something demonic or evil. I mean, I mean, and I mean, I think you know it. You know when it's something demonic, it's not, And I also, you cover this a little bit in the book also, and and I agree with this. The listeners they've heard other researchers say this when they come on the show. for whatever reason we think that when. When we pass away or when our loved ones pass away, they automatically get the harp and the angel wings and we're all knowing and we're the nicest people in the world. But that's not the case. What I've learned from investigators, and, and you've covered this in the book, if you were not such a nice person in in, in life, then you're not going to be such a nice person in the afterlife. And you have an example then in the book, in fact, and that's probably what people are seeing. And like you said, because of the TV shows right away, it's, it's, it's it's dark energy. It's demonic. And that's, that's not what the case. It was just the bad person that lived in in the house.
2: Right. Well, demonic raises ratings, you know, (laughs) (laughs) mean, mean old pedophiles don't. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And I understand, you know, it's a ratings game on television. You gotta, you gotta keep those ratings up. You gotta keep the fans enticed. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a drug, You know, 12 years ago when Ghost Hunters came out, no one knew anything about ghosts. And just the fact that they were going in and they would hear a voice, you know, oh, my gosh. But five years after that drug kind of you know, kind of started wearing off and they needed something, you know, to, to biggie the thrill again. And, and so then, you know, then they started doing dark energies and demonics and, you know, Ooh! You know and that, yeah. that brought the fans back, you know, but the, but they have to keep upping the drug and, um, and that just is, it's a dangerous way to go because, you know, my clients come to me and they're, they're absolutely, absolutely freaked out. And, you
1: know, yeah. I mean, I, and it
2: takes all takes a lot to talk him down off that off that mountain sometimes. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but I, I'm with you, Robin. Um, I, I've had I've had Zach Vagans. He's been not on this show, but the other show that I do that I was telling you about before we started. I have had I've had him on that show and we've talked about it. Um, not, it didn't turn into an argument or anything, but I have told him that to me. Cause I've had an, an an interest in the paranormal since I was a kid, only because i've had so many experiences in my life and i just wanted to know what's going on what is it that i'm experiencing or feeling so that i'm not a i'm not a i mean i guess in a way you can say i'm a researcher because i i look up these things but i'm not an investigator for sure but i see it as you as, as um, it it's hurting the um the paranormal the real paranormal community i'll call them and also this is something that i was going to ask you <clears throat> is I've seen the last, I would say, seven, eight years, there has been more of an, uh, I call it an, an acceptance of the paranormal, whereas before, kind of like um, with the geek culture where we couldn't admit we like Star Wars or like comic books, oh, you're weird. Now, you know, back then, we had to hide the fact that, well, grandma hears this or we think our uncle was haunting it because they would think yeah, there's something wrong with you. Now there's more of an acceptance. I've seen that more, I don't know if it's because of these shows or what it is, but I see it as these shows actually hurt that uh, the new, the newbie, we'll call them, because they think that researching or finding out what's, ha- what's happening in your house, what you're experiencing means, you put on the black T-shirt, you go out there, it's dark energy, dude. Oh, my God, did you hear that? That's not <laughs> how you do it. So, so I'm with you on that, that they're hurting it in, in, in that way. Um, but why, why do you think there's been more of an acceptance of the paranormal and that there is something out there after we die in the past few few years?
2: Yeah, well, the television shows, of course, um, help, but um, also social media. I mean, I, I um, I'm on Facebook a lot and, you know, they're they're always in all these paranormal groups that uh, they invite me to, and, um, you know, everyone's sharing their orb pictures. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, it's just it's prevalent. And you you try to explain to them, you know, the, oh, that's a that's a bug. No, it's not <laughs> a bug. It's, you know, it's an orb. And I'm like, yes, but I could see the legs moving. That's a spider, you know, <laughs> and they just they want to believe yeah. so terribly badly that, um, you know, that everything becomes evidence of the paranormal. And, I, and it just gets proliferated on social media and, and the television shows. But um, I also have a theory. You know, back in the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, and everyone was, had a religion. You know, you were Methodist, you were Catholic, you were uh, Baptist. You know, we, we all went to church. I, I grew up in that you know household we we went to church every sunday we dressed up that was our religion mm-hmm. and i think i think our religion has being is being eroded i mean christianity is kind of a, it, an enemy of the state yeah. you know by, by considered an enemy of the state by many people these days um and when you erode your faith when you erode your um beliefs you still need i think there's a human need there still is a human need to believe in the in these types of things not necessarily ghosts but you know a need to know that our lives go on after we die for example i mean it's one of the most fundamental questions any human being can ask so when you erode the christianity when you erode the religions the need is still there so I think a lot of people have taken that need and turned it towards the paranormal. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's fulfilling that need that they have. And as I say, a lot of people are very, I mean, don't, don't tell them it's a bug because they yeah. don't want to hear yeah. that. They want to believe that this is something paranormal. It's it's a fundamental need. And I can only guess that it's because they're missing something in their lives that, that they very very much
1: need filled yeah I've, I've never thought of that but i think you're absolutely right I, i've asked different uh, investigators and, and researchers that, are, that have come on and, and a lot of them they they say like you said they say that yeah the television shows with the, those the movies all of that the uh, social media youtube channels you know everybody does an investigation and put it up on youtube that mm-hmm. has made people it it it's created more of an acceptance because it tells people I'm not crazy. Other people are experiencing this too, but mm-hmm. no one has ever said exactly what you said, but you're right. I mean, here I'm in San Francisco here. You're yeah. Christian, any religion really, I would say is an enemy of the state. And and so, yeah, it, it's just a human condition. And when, when the religion is gone, when, when believing in the higher and a higher power than you, something is still there. That, and we hope that, when we close our eyes for the last time, that's not it. We we want more, and the fact that people are, right. are are hearing their grandma, their their uncle, their friend, or someone that passed away, that tells them without having you know having to go dressing your Sunday best and 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 yeah. do all that, it, it tells it them, them yeah. It, it there's something there. So, so yeah, it any Honestly, I didn't think of that wrong, but you're right. I, I think that that's that's what it is. So. Um, let's go back to, before we get out of here, let's, let's go back to you. How, how did, how did, how, and why did you be decide to become a, a a paranormal researcher an investigator? What made you get that interest in the paranormal?
2: Well, uh, like, like many of your, uh, interview subjects. I think I've always kind of had an uh, interest as a small child. I used to get together with my girlfriend and tell ghost stories until we were both so scared that we couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, just uh, I love the movies, you know, um, The Fog, um, the Amityville Horror, you know, all those movies. Yeah. I just We just used to eat those up. But I actually never had an experience, a, a paranormal experience, until I was in my 30s. Mm. So uh, for me, it had always just been, they were just that. They were just stories, spine-tingling stories that we told each other or watched on television. But, um, but it, uh, we moved into a, a, an old Victorian, my husband and I, and um, we had a, a basically, I guess, a child ghost uh, that lived, that resided in the house with us. Um, I actually saw him only once. Uh, the night that we moved in, um, I, we, were, we had been unpacking and cleaning, and we threw down uh, sleeping bags in the living room, finally, and went to sleep. And I was awoke uh, very early in the morning, like three o'clock in the morning. And um, I opened my eyes. I don't know why quite quite why I woke but I opened my eyes and there's a small child like kneeling over me um, looking down in my face and uh, it was very dark and so I didn't get a real good look at it but the child got up then and then took off down the hall and my son was two at the time so I assumed that it was my son so I'm calling for him repeatedly and I'm but I'm not hearing him he's not responding and I don't hear his feet and I'm you know I'm wondering where did he go? And anytime you don't hear a two year old, you know they're up to something really yeah. dangerous. So, <laughs> so I eventually I got up because I couldn't couldn't hear him and he wasn't responding. And I went down the hall into the first floor bedroom uh, where we had put him down for the night, and he was in his bed, sound asleep. Hmm. So mm-hmm. and after that we had. Um, You know other experiences, obviously, in the house. I one morning in particular, it was about five, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and I heard uh, the sounds of playing out in the hallway, and uh, from my master bedroom. And I'm my son was an early morning person, as well, and uh, so I'm I'm kind of calling out to him. I'm like, you know, dude, this is way too early to get up. You need Mm -hmm. to go back to bed. Mom needs some sleep. Yeah, and the sounds. Playing continued. And I said, You know, honey, you got to go back to bed. It's too early for you to be up. And the sounds of playing continued. And of course, I got up finally to shag him off to bed. And I go out in the hall, and there's no child playing in the hall. Uh, and I go into his bedroom, of course, and he's sound asleep. <laughs> so, and that happened to my mother as well. She heard the sounds of a child playing on the back stair. It was one of those old houses that had the two staircases. Yeah. So yeah. she, the, the back staircase for the servants, of course, was very steep. And so she heard the sounds of playing out in the back staircase. Um, and she's calling out to my son, assuming it's him, you know, worried that he's going to fall down the stairs. Goes out to the back staircase. And, of course, there's no child there so and she didn't even tell me about that until about two years later you know when I was talking to her about it I said you know I think my house might have been haunted and she's like yeah I think so (laughs) (laughs) and then she told me so my mother is is decidedly not interested in the paranormal but
1: (laughs) well from from those experiences and then now that you've been that you've experienced more as a researcher and as an investigator have have those experiences have they changed the way you see life and especially the afterlife
2: oh absolutely i mean you know I, i i went into this uh to answer for myself the fundamental questions as to what happens to us after we die do we do we continue and i can i can honestly say um that that i've experienced things that cannot be rationally explained by science um that would lead me to believe that life continues on after we die Hmm.
1: yeah i'm with you on that one also so Talk about uh, like I mentioned at the top. You're also the founder and director of Delaware Paranormal Research Group. Talk, talk about what what or who finally made you say, you know what? Let's let's just form a group and do our own research. What made you form Delaware Paranormal Research Group?
2: Well, um, when I decided that I wanted to get into uh, research, I um, I joined one of the local groups and um, I was with them for about a year, um, and then. Um, as so often happens, there was a lot of turmoil within, you know, and all, all the members were vying for supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't buy on for this. I, I bought on to <laughs> to study the paranormal. So I, I finally left, and um, I started blogging, actually. I was, I was uh, researching and writing about the paranormal, um, which I've been doing for about 12 years now. And eventually I decided that um, – if I was going to talk about the paranormal, then I needed to, to actually get back out in the in the field and and do some paranormal research. So I um, started putting out feelers and gathering up members, and you know, just it just kind of sprang from that. I, I never went out with the intention of starting my own group because to be quite honest, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, but it ended up that, you know, I, I just, I'd had to, in order to continue on my, with my own research. So. Yeah. And,
1: and you provide investigation services, which is what you talk about on the, uh, on the hunt book. Um, how, do you only investigate the Delaware area? Or do you go out outside the state?
2: We do go outside the state. Um, we've, um, we're very close to Maryland, um, so we've we've done several um, investigations in Maryland. Um, we've gone up to Pennsylvania. Um, we actually went out to we did Waverly Hills mm. uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. So yeah, we do we do travel, um, but um, but it tends to be expensive. So because you know it it takes hotels and
1: <laughs> yeah w- tolls. Wait. Waverly Hills, I think uh, most listeners are very familiar with it. When when you guys went there, did you did, did do you think it's? Uh, I mean, a lot of people it it's split down the middle. Some say think it's haunted, others say cursed is more accurate. I mean, what what did you get when you guys went?
2: Oh, I, I wouldn't call it cursed. <laughs> um, again, you know, it's it was a hospital where a lot of people died. Um, right. So there's there's a lot of sadness, but there's also, you know, a, a lot of a lot of love. Um, you you talk to the people that run Waverly Hills or um, get the tours there, and you quickly understand that this is a labor of love. They they love this place and um, and they take good care of it. And um, I think I think those that are left behind appreciate the the fact that they respect it and and care for it so much. So
1: yeah um so if, if somebody need, is listening and they, and they need uh, they need your services whether they're in the Delaware area or not how do, how do they reach out to you guys?
2: Well we have a website um, it's delawareparanormal.org or they can um, email me directly. It's delaware paranormal at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. <laughs> yeah we hit the we hit the big ones um so yeah and and, and any yeah. of those any of those resources
1: yeah and, and to make it easy for you guys the listeners i'll I'll link up uh, i'll link up everything actually just just click on on robin's name that will take you to everything that you just mentioned so to make it easy for you guys it'll all be right there in one location so uh, okay. i mean okay I love the fact, like like you mentioned in the book, that you don't you don't do this for fame, or you're trying to get your TV show. You're doing it because you actually want to help the clients and everything. But do you ever get invited to to speak at paranormal expos or conventions? If you do, do where do we what's what's the upcoming one where we can see you at?
2: Um, I don't have any speaking engagements at the moment. I did. We are doing. Um a paranormal conference in Williamsport PA in like three or four weeks, but I won't be speaking there. I have spoken. I mean, you know, I've, I've done library presentations and uh, convention presentations, but um, I don't have anything currently, but um, say so I'm doing a book signing at the Greyhound bookstore in three weeks. I believe that's in Berlin, Maryland. Okay. So I'll be, I'll be reading excerpts from the book at that. Yeah. that's on a saturday so yeah mm,
1: okay. it's busy <laughs> well, well i was gonna say well because berlin is mentioned in 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 the book so it's perfect right right yeah yeah.
2: It's, it's right basically right across the street from the atlantic hotel which we investigated which that was a wild ride that was a great investigation so
1: yeah yeah and i will yeah. say to close off not just because you're here but but uh, i would uh, even if i hadn't i didn't have you on as a guest i would say this anyway on the hunt for the haunted is a really really good book it really and i read a lot of them And i know the listeners they read a, who are interested in the paranormal they read a ton of books also this is a really really good one because like i said it's yes it, it, it's an investigation and a lot of you have read them before but it's very personable it's very it's not uh by the numbers like i said we get there we turn up the lights we investigate they, they you they talk about that but it's you get you you feel they the Robin really puts you in 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 the uh in the owners shoes what they what the the terror that they were experiencing before they got there and and the relief that they get afterwards so it it's a really really good book and again it's called On the Hunt for the Haunted Searching for Proof of the Paranormal. I have a link in the show description. You guys can get it. It's available in bookstores. Check your local ones if you still have one in your town. So unfortunately, they're disappearing across the country. But if you do have one, check. They may have it in there or online. You can get it uh, an e-book or on, um, get it delivered to your to your door. R- Robin Strom, thanks a lot for coming on. You are welcome on panel of Perception anytime. And hopefully, we do get to meet sometime in our travels at, at a convention or somewhere.
2: That'd be great, Henry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Follow Paranormal Perception on Twitter at Parapercept Show and on Instagram at Paranormal Perception and watch our videos on Vimeo.com slash Paranormal Perception. Paranormal Perception Perception was conjured by the Audio Wizards at 22 Creations Multimedia LLC. Paranormal Perception is part of the Audio Geekdom Podcast Network. You can find even more podcasts like this on the audiogeekdom.com.